The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. Good morning, all. What a pleasure it is to be here, and uh, what a warm welcome I received in the chat. So thank you for that. As many of you can see from the title of the YouTube, that we're going to do poetry of practice again with some different poems. I was here, I think it was uh, in August, a couple of months ago, doing some poetry, and I had so much fun doing that. And uh, I heard from a number of you that you enjoyed it too. So here we are again, the poetry of practice. And maybe I'll start in a similar way that I started with, uh, back in August, and that is to just recognize that there is a way in which we can engage with practice and we can engage with uh, Buddhist teachings in a way that is maybe focused on learning, understanding, maybe learning or understanding technique or teachings. And right, there's all these Buddhist lists, right? And But there's this... Uh, Emphasis on learning, like uh, gaining uh, something that we didn't have, gaining some knowledge that we didn't have. And to be sure, I love this way. I'm, I like to learn new things and to uh, like explore new topics. But that's not the only way, right? That's not the only way to engage with teachings and practice this way in which we feel like we have to consume lots of information, it can be helpful, but there's also a way that invites a, another type of knowing, like this way in which we might touch with awareness or something, like that there's this uh, maybe a caress of information, a caress of something. I don't even quite know how to explain it, but this way in which poetry allows this opening of the heart and the softening of that which wants to know more and learn more. And maybe poetry also is like a type of coming home. That is that we have to be here and present to feel the poem, to touch into the poem. So the way that I'm describing it, poetry is maybe a little bit more of a somatic experience and Maybe even the way that I'm using that type of language is maybe like a little, not so straightforward, but I'm hoping that you, right, all of us have read poems, poetry, and maybe you understand what I'm talking to, that there's a way in which poetry sometimes invites this recognition, recognition of something that's true and pure inside of us as opposed to just kind of like amassing more information it allows us to soften this, always this leaning into evaluation or leaning into the next moment. Do I understand it? Do I got it? As opposed to maybe the question is, oh, what does this feel like? As opposed to, what am I supposed to learn? So poetry is a way that we allow language to touch us in a different way different way than our normal way of interacting with perhaps Buddhist teachings or perhaps even just the world in general. 
Many of you know that there's plenty of verse in the Pali Canon and the earliest Buddhist literature. There's lots of verse. There's the Awakening poems. There's the Dhammapada. There's this Atkavaga, the Book of Eights, the Sutta Nipata. You know, all, all these. And so today, I'll drop in some verses from contemporary times. Uh, I'll drop in some during our sit, and then during the little dharmat, um, maybe unpack it a little bit, what this uh, poem means. And I'm delighted to share these with you, not necessarily because all of you will love these poems, but hopefully just with the introduction of poetry itself is a pointing towards there's different ways, different ways of being with our experience, different ways of being with information. And we can use all these ways to support our practice. Okay, with that as an introduction. Just take a moment to really settle in. Maybe a large exhale as we sit, whether that's literal or figurative, that we take a meditation posture. And perhaps feel these sensations of sitting. Feel the pressure of the chair, cushion, the couch, the bed, whatever you're sitting on, feeling the pressure against the body. Feeling the body in contact. We're here, connected, grounded, just here. Can we feel the sensations on the back of our legs that are in contact, our feet that are in contact? In the sensations on the back, if we're leaning against a, the back of a chair, feel the sensations on the back side where we're sitting. Bringing an aliveness of attention to this experience of being connected to whatever it is we're sitting on. And connected to here. Can 
Can we bring some mindfulness into the bodily experience? Inhabiting the body with presence, with aliveness. Alive to the body and the way it feels right now. And then setting this sense of direction, the orientation of this meditation as one of kindness. Kindness to ourselves and openness to the experience as best we can. If you work with chronic pain or acute pain at this moment, is there a neutral or a pleasant experience you can rest your attention on rather than the uncomfortable? not denying, not pretending that the uncomfortable isn't there, just choosing as best we can to rest our attention elsewhere. Maybe it is the pressure against the buttocks as we're sitting that's neutral. And tangible. Holding yourself in care. Holding yourself with a kind attitude, with warmth. So we're here with an attitude of care. And then rest your attention on the sensations of breathing. Feeling the bodily experience of inhales and exhales. Feeling the stretching and the release of the stretch. That occurs with breathing.
tuning into, becoming sensitive to the experience of breathing. movements in the body as the body breathes. Feeling the beginning, middle, and end of an inhale. Feel the beginning, middle, and end of an exhale. And feeling the transitions between inhales and exhales. When the mind wanders, we don't have to make it a problem. We just very simply, gently begin again.
I'm going to drop in a poem. You don't have to do anything with this poem. Allow it to be received. You don't have to try to understand it or apply it. Just hear it. This is about somebody going their experience in a meditation retreat. When I first floundered in, no one knew me, not even myself. Staggering under a Saratoga trunk crammed with humiliations bottled like urine samples, nail cakes of anger, carbons of abusive letters, chemistry quizzes with Fs, even the horse I never had, and two casseroles left over from the dip supper. No one remarked that I had brought too much. I was wearing three fur hats donated by opulent cousins, my feet encased in cement ever since the failure of the patio project and my mouth full of barbs as an old trout. No one praised my appearance. The trunk fell off my back, disgorging its unusual contents at my stone feet, which also came off. The fur hats tumbled like a moth-eaten avalanche burying a small monk. No one noticed. No one. No one. I'll read it again. When I first floundered in, no one knew me, not even myself. Staggering under a Saratoga trunk, crammed with humiliations, bottled like urine samples, nail kegs of anger, carbons of abusive letters, chemistry quizzes with Fs, even the horse I never had, and two casseroles left over from the dip supper. No one remarked that I had brought too much. I was wearing three fur hats donated by opulent cousins, my feet encased in cement ever since the failure of the patio project, and my mouth full of barbs as an old trout. No one praised my appearance. The trunk fell off my back, 
disgorging its unusual contents at my stone feet, which also came off. The fur hats tumbled like a moth-eaten avalanche burying a small monk. No one noticed. No one.
So for those of you who are here for the poem, this is called Zazen by Virginia Hamilton Adair. Again, that's Zazen by Virginia Hamilton Adair. And um, I don't know if you can hear this. I have this background noise going on. I'm just going to close my door here for a moment. I'll be right back. 